Welcome to This Is Not Investment Advice. As always, I'm your host. Greatly appreciate you tuning in. This podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. If you want to laugh a little, um, I'm not a registered investment advisor. If you want to laugh a little, Bitcoin's price, it was this price in January. (laughs) Um, It's been a wild ride. It'll get a little wilder, in my opinion. So uh, the article is pinned in today's description. What I really want to talk about is something a little different than the normal inflation, deflation, crypto topic. It's about how humans really think. So the article is called, it's on CNBC. This is not 1973. Economist rules out stagflation and persistent price pressures. I'll put the article in the description. Let's get to the good part. Speaking to CNBC's Squawk Box Shear up on Wednesday, Weinberg, chief economist at High Frequency Economics, said the global semiconductor shortage, bottlenecks at ports, and COVID-19 impediments were a, quote, temporary spate of supply issues rather than systemic inflationary pressures. Inflation is a process and not a one-time change in level of prices, which is, I think, what we're seeing right now, Weinberg said. He continues, we're seeing an adjustment to new temporary realities on the supply side, but we're not seeing the stagflation process that we saw in the 1970s recurring again. Stagflation refers to a situation first identified in the 70s in which inflation is high, economic growth slows, and unemployment remains consistently high. Well, that sucks. So stagflation is people aren't working or out of work, things are getting expensive, and the economy is not growing. The article continues, the problem for economic policymakers is in such an instance that it is measures in, in such an instance that it is is that measures to curb inflation such as wage and price controls or contractory monetary policy may further increase unemployment. Basically, what does it say? Um, if stagflation is occurring, you kill inflation by raising interest rates or you set prices, which even curbs more employ- unemployment. He doesn't believe this is stagflation. But what I really want to talk about, what's interesting to me is, Why are we talking about stagflation in the first place? See, you're going to listen to all these experts, and they're all going to say, and a lot of them, if you notice, it's, well, this is like this. Oh, this is like this. Well, why do humans do this? It's natural. You want a reference point, right? We compare people, countries, places, um, economies, trends to things that have happened before. And it's actually one of our biggest downfalls. There's a great uh, a great thing to read. Read about the Rockets. The Houston Rockets had a uh, – had a he was a person that – a scout. I think he was in charge of like all the scouts for the Rockets and had to train players. And he did a new interesting rule where what he, one of the rules he, he noticed is, is that people would draw comparisons to people of the same ethnicity. So he would say, well, you know, this is like – you know, if I was going to ask him, this it's not it's pretty. Look, let's let's cut the nonsense. What are white guys known for in the NBA? Three point shooting, good free throw shooting, small point guards, big goofy guys. Name me off the top of your head three. Amazing shooting guards who are white. Now, have there been? But you get my point, right? We associate these things. So, what he would say in his, he would say in his, uh, in his recruiting is they'd have a guy and they'd say, they'd have say a black guy, a small four, and they say, oh, we want to compare to another black guy. They had a white guy playing point guard. Oh, we'll find another white guy to compare him to. 
And he said, we cannot compare. He made a rule. He said, you cannot compare a player to another player of the same nationality. You know, as a basketball fan myself, that was what, there will never be another Michael Jordan. And so you had all these players that came in the league and said, oh, this is the next Michael Jordan. And it's interesting that even the players that they compared Jordan to even looked like him. They, you know, the same build, the same height, you know, the same shaved head. It's pretty interesting. It's, and so we use this stagflation window to say, oh, like, because we think like, oh, if this is like what happened before, this is going to happen again. So what, what what I think is happening, right, is that uh, – I'm going to bring this back to a little crypto. Um, so what I think is happening right now is that crypto is going through price discovery, but not like the 1970s. So gold was delinked from the dollar. Gold went from $35 an ounce to, I think, 880 or something by the end of the decade. That is not what I think is going on right now. I think what Bitcoin and crypto specifically as an asset class is going through price discovery, and there's two things that I actually will use as a frame of reference, and they'll probably blow your mind. You'll see like how like like oh wow like this is this is the only thing that I can equate it to. Um, I think that Bitcoin is going through a and crypto is going through a price discovery similar to what happened for the internet companies but since the internet was created until recently so like you know from the dot com like run up till today i think that's happening in that's been happening over like the last say that's like that is somewhat similar to what's happening in crypto now so a lot more Things happening in a, a lot of things happening in a much shorter period of time, but I actually think it's what's similar to happening to the metal as a metal as a price point. So it's not what gold did, in my opinion, over the seventies. Before it took thousands of years, hundreds if not thousands of years, for human beings from complex and different societies to agree what gold represented. Gold equaled X as a denominator. It equaled this price. So what I think is happening, and that took thousands of years for gold and silver to be adopted of these standards of people that traded knew, oh, right, this gold is worth that. I think that's happening for Bitcoin specifically. Between the last 12 years and maybe the next 10. I don't think that Bitcoin's price actually by 2030 will keep going up that much. I think it will it will stabilize, right? Because it will either win or it won't. I don't think Bitcoin's going to become by itself $100 trillion. I know people like to say that. I just, I don't think that. I think there's too many other things going on. But the question is, that sounds crazy. How can the price of this new asset realize true price discovery in two decades what took gold thousands of years? 
It absolutely can. Why? Because the amount of data and the and the amount of people involved in the space, probably they do more price discovery in two days than you used to do in 300 years. Look at how much information we're filtering through. And this goes back to, this is not the 1970s. This stagflation window, debt to GDP then was 33%. Now it's 130. That's nothing like then. Technology is pushing prices down, but you have way more debt. You have less people. The population growth percentage-wise is so much smaller. You have way more entitlements. It's not better or worse. It's just different. Now, Rihanna, these supply shocks, I think that kind of like COVID, um, this thing is going to exist a lot longer. And what's going to be interesting to me is, and I don't know how it's going to affect. So the final, if Bitcoin and crypto goes parabolic, there's only one way to me it goes parabolic. It's the final push from people. So markets are made, these parabolic blowoffs. There's been like, since I've been alive and been able to appreciate it, I've actually only experienced one parabolic blow-off, and that was the housing market. That's when people in 2008, it wasn't about people going nuts. It was about all these people that weren't involved in the marketplace entering the marketplace. And when you have a relatively stable, markets are supply and demand at the end of the day. I know that sounds trite, but it is. And when you have, let's say, let's say you have a hundred buyers and a hundred sellers in the new marketplace. If one of those things changes without the other, the price really moves. And the question you have to ask yourself is between 2005 to mid 2008, with the with the supply being pretty stable. How much? Because I think housing is pretty stable. How much? How many more people got involved in the marketplace? How many more people entered that space? Was it for every, let's say for every, did, did five go into that hundred? Did 10 go to that hundred? You know, that's an interesting question. I don't know that answer. Uh, I would just be making one up. But with crypto, I think if crypto has a parabolic blow-off top, it has to be with more people entering the market. And what's very interesting to me is this time, if that happens, retail is kind of the institutions because these people are late to the party. Yes, there have been institutions before there, but it's becoming pretty apparent that more and more billionaires are like, hey, I, I want some of this stuff. So I guess what I would leave you with today is I'm learning that people, they only, they frame, they frame things as a point of reference, which can be very good, but it can also be very dumb because you start believing things that could be false. Quick little update, my life. Um, things are okay. Uh, most of my friends are not into Bitcoin or crypto at all. Few are joining in a little. Um, it's kind of crazy to see that article that like 
uh, uh, that like Bitcoin uh, is uh, is uh, is back to the price in January. Um, I think that it's an exciting time to be alive. Um, I'm happy. I'm scared. And I enjoy this podcast immensely. Other than that, you know, stay well, stay strong. And, uh, you know, research and try to learn. But also the one thing I'd add is like, don't become like, well, for me, I can just say me. I think I saw this thing called like an information junkie today. And I think there are some people that are feel like if they're so informed, they're going to like, that's what's going to make them happy. And I think at the end of the day, like, like we all are going to have to make a decision. Um, so, uh, stay positive and we will, uh, we will keep tracking. Bye-bye.